0: Hello, this is Sarah Pearson, features editor at the Concord Monitor, here with granite geek David Brooks to learn more about an article he wrote this week. Hello, Dave. Hello, Sarah. So today we're going to talk about the latest science cafe. Yes, indeed we are. It was uh, last night, Wednesday, at Macris Lobster and Steakhouse here in Concord. Standing room only, as usual. i got to say, Concord just can't get enough of talking about science stuff uh, amidst uh, food and beer. So. so what was the topic this week? Well... The, the topic was, uh, I, I titled it, The Secret Life of Trees and Microbes, uh, and it was sort of prompted by research I've heard for years about uh, ways we're finding that, that plants and trees are, the, are sort of the sexiest example, but well, not the only one, interact with each other and with sort of the, the microbial invisible world, mostly underground, to do things that we didn't really expect that plants did. Uh, we had uh, Serena Frey, who's a principal investigator for the Frey Lab at UNA. She's got a whole bunch of people working under a wither, uh, which investigates uh, how trees and plants interact with the soil and microbes. Uh, we had Tom Wessels, who's a terrestrial ecologist, professor emeritus at Antioch University of New England, uh, and author of several books, including the awesome Forest Forensics, which is a really good book. And Dave Anderson, a director of education at the uh, Forest Society, who you've probably heard on New Hampshire Public Radio. So, so what did you guys talk about? What did we talk about? We talked about a little bit of everything, which is kind of how it goes at Science Cafe. <laughs> uh, they're led by questions from the audience, which can go anywhere. Uh, but so, but mostly we talked about the fact that there are uh, of how um, forest and plant life is much more complicated than it seems. From you know, it seems complicated enough looking at it, but there's it's more complicated than that because there are things like the mycorrhizal fungi and other microbes that. Interact with the roots. They basically they end up exchanging nutrients with the plants to the point where many of them only exist on the roots of particular plants. And there are some trees and plants that can only exist if these fungi are around. So it's almost like these two separate organisms are really one organism because they can't live without each other. They have to be together. Uh, it's you know it's all or nothing for it, and uh, it, it creates connections that. Uh, that uh, Sarita Frey called the, the wood wide web, which I thought was a I thought was a good one. You're gonna you're gonna try and trade me for that, aren't you? No, no, I think it's already been out there. <laughs> so, h- how are these trees communicating with each other? Well, that's 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 sort of the high. That as I said maybe at the beginning, that was sort of what prompted me to, to schedule this one was news about that. You hear about how. There'll be a forest, and there'll be some problem. So this was actually studies that was done a couple decades ago, actually, um, when the gypsy moths are around, is that you can you can simulate a gym, gypsy moth attack on one part of forests, forest, and the, the trees will start um, putting out more tannin in the leaves, which is kind of keeps bugs away. And then you go to other trees that are half a mile away, and they will also be putting more tannin in their leaves, even though the, the gypsy moths aren't there yet. So these, somehow there are, and in this particular case is actually, um, it ended up being a pheromone, the equivalent of a pheromone that was released in the air and sort of wafted over and the other trees mm-hmm. smelled it, so to speak, and said, holy Toledo, I better get ready. But the sort no. of, yeah, not, it, the not the gypsy moths, mm-hmm. this sort of thing kind of happens uh, on underground networks <laughs> as well. So it, it, now, Sarita Frey was thought maybe it's a little exaggerated and it's a little controversial about how much it actually happens. But but nonetheless, it's a it's a sample it's an example of how you know the lives of plants is are much more complicated than we thought. And what about climate change? Did that come up? Now, of course, it came up. It always comes up, uh, and it sort of dominates everything. Yeah, it's uh, it it is of course changing thing both by raising rising temperatures. Uh, changing the chemistry. phrase uh, lab, one of the things that it's been doing is down at Harvard Forest, which is a research forest down in uh, uh, western Massachusetts. She's been basically isolating plots for years and um, changing the chemistry as if uh, for, to see what acid rain would do. Or the equivalent thereof. And she finds that it is killing off or changing the composition of the microbes in the soil to the point where it's actually killing some of the trees because the microbes they depend on are no longer there. So actually she said all the pine trees are really dying off. And this is this is the sort of changes that uh, changes in temperature can have, but even more so is um, Changes in rainfall that are caused that are coming along with climate change and all that—they're going to—they're they're not only going to make all the obvious changes that you and I see, and, and golly, but also they're going to be making changes to the to the to the invisible micro world, which is going to have a ripple effect. So. And what's ahead for Science Cafe? Well, we're off for the summer. We take off July and August every year, but actually this year we're, I'm doing something a little different in July. Um, on July 16th which is a Tuesday and is the 50th anniversary of the launch of Apollo 11, the first moon launch. I'm going to be do, uh, hosting, moderating roughly uh, the equivalent of a science cafe uh, at uh, the Discovery Center at the of Shepard Discovery Center here in Concord. Um, it'll be just like the, we'll have some space scientists, it'll be in the evening Come and we'll get questions from the audience, just like a science cafe. Except there won't be any food and there. there won't be any beer, I'm afraid. So, but otherwise, it'll be pretty cool. Kid friendly science cafe. Kid friendly science cafe. Absolutely. So, and the people who want to be reminded of and keep track of it, you can go to granitegeek.org and put your email address in, and we'll send you the newsletter. i um, send you the uh, email announcements on things. All right. Thanks, Dave. You bet. You can learn more about science cafe and all of Dave's other stories at concordmonitor.com and granitegeek.org